Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listener. Welcome to Floaters, the podcast that exists as a means to combat pandemic fatigue, bringing you nostalgia, a sprinkle of story, a bit of laughter, and the occasional incoherent waffles from your pilot and host, Sophia. That's me. In this here episode,、uh, the older and simultaneously younger cousin of episode fifteen and seventeen. It's only episode sixteen. Hello, and here I am talking to Megan Norton.、Uh, Megan is the host of the Culture Story podcast and is our first fully qualified TCK expert and consultant.、Uh, she's an intercultural communication trainer and is a fellow second generation TCK, which is something we got into a little bit in our conversation. And、uh, Megan and I connected over Instagram, basically because I stalked her, and I was like, "You seem really cool. I'd love to chat about your story." And she was so nice and gracious, and agreed to be on the podcast. It was super interesting talking to someone who is literally like a professional TCK, and the fact that she is so endearing as well was just the cherry on top. I began our conversation asking Megan where she grew up. Well, thanks, Sophia, for letting me share a bit of my story on your platform. This is so fun. Not at all.、Um, yeah. So, where did I grow up? Do you want the list? Oh, absolutely. I want. I want the the, the full story. <laughs> the full story. Okay, I'm going to go in order of moves. So, I was born in Virginia, in the U.S.、Mm-hmm. Not very exciting. Not very exotic.、Um, but then we moved to Pretoria, South Africa,、mm-hmm. and then we moved back to Virginia. And then we moved to Seoul, South Korea, and then we moved to Bonn, Germany, and then to Frankfurt, Germany, and then to Tokyo, Japan, and then to Tel Aviv, Israel. And so that was my full like developmental years, zero to eighteen. And then I continued the journey. <laughs>、uh, the timeline goes.、Uh, I'll just go quickly: Florida, Vienna, Austria, Athens, Greece, South Carolina, Kosek, Hungary, Virginia, Washington D.C., Oblak, Poland, and Michigan. <laughs> oh my goodness me! You've been all over. You know, I've never been to South America.、Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be ticked off the list soon. Hopefully, <laughs> yes. Goodness、uh, me! <laughs> With all those. Countries. I mean, how how many years? Like, especially during your de- developmental years, did you spend in each of those places?、Mm-hmm. It was two to three years. My parents were with the U.S. Foreign Service, and so we were moved around、um, to different postings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And、uh, when you were going through those places, like, how did you find it adapting the, to, you know, all these different cultures or even the schools? Actually, no, wait, that's too much. Why don't we start with the cultures? <laughs> Yeah, you know,、um, it's the only life and upbringing I knew, and so I always knew we would be moving in two or three years. And I think with that kind of mentality, you always live in the present, right? Time is、uh, short, and so we did a lot of traveling、uh, to different places within those countries. We definitely rooted ourselves locally, and so. I feel still very much connected in certain ways to cultures that I grew up in, and sometimes it surprises people when I I work 
in international settings and I'll I'll say a word in a different language and they'll be like a full on sentence. I'm like, nope, that's the only word I knew. <laughs> um, I just want to connect with you and tell you that I used to live in that country or, or something like that. But um, I call these my heart homes because I definitely carry the culture with me. Oh, that's so lovely. That's a really nice way of thinking about it, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a term I coined. I just want to put that out there. I, I work with a lot of TCK consultants in um, the international education space, and I don't know who coined Heart Home, but I use it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to start using that too, actually. That's brilliant. Um, so um, is that what you do for a living then? Do you work as a sort of a TCK consultant? Yes, um, you know, it's a it's a strange thing to put on a resume, so I, I don't <laughs> necessarily put it on there, but broadly, I'm an intercultural communication trainer, and so I've adapted some of that work into the TCK space, because I think TCKs are little walking intercultural <laughs> communicators, and so um, definitely have been an, inter, uh, an independent consultant to work with third culture kids and their families and organizations. Oh, wow. And so what does that involve? Is it a lot to do with sort of um, uh, helping people adapt to those cultures then um, as they're all adapting from move to move? Yeah, it's looked different in uh, different projects, but I've done the pre-departure training for what to expect um, at the parent level, at even the child and teen level. Um, how do you prepare for that move? I've also done the re-entry training of you're coming back to a passport country that you've never lived in, which is my lived experience. And because it was so it was so bumpy and I didn't have that kind of guidance, that's really been my passion and motivation to work on these projects to help teens, um, primarily their, their US passport holder teens who come back to the US for university and walk them through some of the, the challenges and benefits of being a TCK in the US. Wow, I mean, so let's, let's go back then. So to, let's talk about um, the first time you sort of went back after traveling to all those places before you set it off again um, and how you yes. felt coming back to the US again. Oh my, um, it, it was the biggest culture shock of my life and I had no preparation for it. I figured I went to international schools and so the language of instruction was in English. It was a very westernized curriculum, but I realized <laughs> only when I got to university that I had very big missing gaps and pockets of history, US American history I had no idea about. And I had no idea about like Lewis and Clark, um, the expedition to go west. And I was like, what? Who are these? What? Um, but anyway, so I wasn't prepared for even that context or even um, pop culture. Uh, I don't want to give away my age, but social media, I mean, Instagram wasn't even around. And so I think that I missed out on that kind of bridge that younger generations have to pop culture wherever they are in the world. So um, it's definitely, it was definitely the hardest transition. Mm -hmm. And how old were you when you when you came back? Uh, 18. Okay, okay. So, oh, wow, I can imagine. Goodness me, because of course, uh, moving from country to country alone is, is difficult. It comes with these challenges. But once you're adapted to that, and then all of a sudden, you're expected to just fit right into, 
your yeah your so-called passport country I mean that's that's quite a challenge Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think even even nowadays with the parents and families I work with, it's still underestimated because, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I've I've gone back to the U.S. for visits, for holidays. I speak English. I know the community. But it's really the first time. Um, well, not in your experience, because you went to boarding school. So you had that kind of um, separation already from mm-hmm. your nuclear family. But sometimes it's the first time that the TCKs I work with, they're apart from their families and their families are halfway across the globe, which was my experience too. My parents were in Israel and I was in Florida. And so giving them that kind of emotional awareness and that transition bridge um, language is really important for kind of preparing for that transition. Yeah. And because I suppose like with yeah, like you say, you you spend a lot of time with your family moving, doing all these great big changes. And then all of a sudden when that's sort of the tie is cut, it must be, it must be quite difficult to sort of, uh, yeah, find your own feet through that big change without your, your constant, that constant relationship that you've had. So uh, out of all the places, actually, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so we need to talk about your adulthood then. So you do you, would it be fair to say that your TC, TCK upbringing has influenced your, yeah, your life now in quite a big way? Absolutely. Yes. I do the work that I do now because of how my upbringing shaped my worldview and my approach to relationships. And I really want to, um, yeah, be an advocate for TCKs. I also think that as the world is increasingly globalizing and being interconnected, there's going to be a need for normalizing this language, Um, not necessarily that TCK is the be all end all of the label or terminology we can use. But I do think it's a very um, liberating way to understand I'm not alone in my journey. And I'm not so unique that nobody understands me. Um, Definitely, I think global mobility is, is only increasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. I mean, that's something I've discovered doing this, at least, and also discovering all these other TCK um, people like yourself. It's like, it, it feels so good to know that I wasn't the only person that felt a certain kind of way because of my upbringing or because of all this different mix of experiences that I've had, when actually a lot of the time, especially growing up in the UK, I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't even, like, especially at boarding school, I'd just sort of suppress it or I'd be ashamed of it or embarrassed or because I didn't want to defend it I didn't want to have to you know defend decisions that I didn't make for myself um which is it's quite a big uh not responsibility what's the right word but it's it's quite a thing to put on a kid's shoulders I think Mm -hmm. especially when you're so young yeah absolutely and oh my gosh I can only imagine the way that you um might have had to adapt so much more earlier in navigating how do you build friendships and I think that's why I love how we connected. We connected on Instagram. I think that there's a growing public voice and a, a just a growing platform for TCKs to tell their stories. And I think that's a very important way for us to feel seen and heard and have an outlet to connect. Um, whereas, you know, we do have relationships with perhaps monoplace people mm-hmm. and we have monoplace friends. And that's very important to nurture as well and it's the both and of how do we frame our stories to Mm -hmm. to connect 
Yeah. And so when someone asks you, like, where are you from? What do you say? <laughs> uh, it depends. <laughs> uh, it depends uh, definitely on the context. And it's definitely changed over the years. Um, you know, sometimes, depending how snarky I feel, <laughs> I'll be like, you know, do you mean where was I born? Or where am I living now? Or where do my parents live? Or where did I grow up? You know, I just kind of play off of the situation. And I, I, yeah, it just definitely depends. Um, if I give the five second answer, like I am a US citizen, but I grew up overseas, or I currently live in West Michigan, but I've lived in other countries. So kind of testing that water to see what the interest level is of the inquirer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to shut down the conversation before it even begins. Mm, yeah, that's a that's a good approach, actually, because yeah, I think I, I might do that subconsciously as well. You sort of have to judge how invested are you in actually finding out before I sort of divulge all of this information, because um, it could be quite a lot, especially if people aren't expecting it sometimes. Um, yes. But um, and and so since you've yeah since your developmental years, um, you've then gone on and travelled all over the place. Um, what's uh, prompted those decisions? Uh, is that to do with your job or other sort of factors? Yeah, a little bit of both. That's a huge question. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a little bit of both, yeah. Um, I would say from the TCK lens, though, I was not um, navigating my need for change in a healthy way. Uh, I, I know you ask sometimes rootlessness versus um, or rootedness versus restlessness. And in my developmental years, right, it was every two to three years, the pattern is get up and go, you're done. And I think I was just automatically using that ticking time in my brain of like, oh, ding, I've been here two years, it's time for me to go. And I think I, I'm only now reevaluating re like my my motivation for change, my motivation for moving. And um, I do think that all of those moves have shaped and been really important in my career, uh, my career pivots. Um, so I'm kind of in a crossroads again of, of what's next. Uh, I do live like you, I, I quote unquote repatriated to my, my parents' home <laughs> to, <laughs> to their retirement. <laughs> home in West Michigan for, you know, the COVID um, season. Oh my gosh. And I am very grateful. I'm very privileged to be in this space and place, but like you, it's your, we're young adults. We're <laughs> navigating this as adults. And so um, all that to say, I, I think I often think about what's next when we can move again or when we can travel freely again. Does that look like me going overseas again or does it look like maybe a, a more diverse part of the U.S.? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think I'm more conscientious of my motivation and need for change. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how that manifests itself sometimes as well, I find, depending on, yeah, person to person. Like, um, I know my my older sister, for example, uh, she's also moved and lived overseas in her adulthood as well. But um, more recently, it's things like she'll change furniture in her room. Every time she's feeling a bit itchy about something or she needs a change, everything comes out and it goes back in a, dif- a different way. <laughs> for me at the moment, it seems to be changing my hair colour every five seconds because it's the only thing I've got control over. Um, but uh, I mean, how long have you been uh, back at your parents? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I started my independent consultancy about two, three years ago to work with different organizations. And as such, <laughs> I gave up my flat in, in Washington, D.C. I had graduated with my master's and was working there, but then I saw, yeah, these opportunities to work with third culture kids, to work with globally mobile families. So with that, there were a lot of in-person programs to deliver workshops, to deliver conferences and things like that. So I moved here as a home base to Michigan, but I was traveling so much that it was just, it made more sense financially to give up my my apartment and then move here. But this, or 2020, 2020. I'm like, what year is it? <laughs> 2020. Uh, 2020 was the first time we were we were all under one roof, and it was took a lot of uh, navigating different rhythms and routines and boundaries and personal space. But um, I'm definitely grateful for my own space here. Yeah, that's very diplomatic of you. Very diplomatically said. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say that next time I'm asked about it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But now my parents, um, so it's, we're recording this in, in January of 2021. And my parents, they got an RV, a travel trailer, and they're in Georgia now for like six weeks. So they escaped the snow, they escaped their socially distancing in their own campsite in Georgia. So uh, I, you know, I, I like having more space in the house. <laughs> oh my God, you are living the dream. I mean, do you know, the other day here, actually, um, um, my um, all my family were out, they were all out on a dog walk and I didn't go. And I had the whole house to myself for like one hour. And it was the first time in, I don't know how long I had the house to myself. <laughs> and I was like, what am I gonna do? I've got to do so many crazy things. And I just ended up watching like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills instead, <laughs> just to enjoy. <laughs> That's apparently how I go crazy these days. But um, yeah, it really hit me all of a sudden. I was like, wow, like I've got the space. But uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, yeah, it's a weird thing to get used to again. It's like getting used to your own family. It's like, you should know them by now, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, Yep. And actually, it prompted me, I wrote a virtual, I co-wrote a virtual workbook for uh, college students to, to kind of look at how do you navigate this living at home with your parents, um, because there was such a transition out of residence halls, out of dormitories. So, uh, yeah, I was like, we got to help the youth. We got to help. We got to help our peers. (laughs) I'd be interested to read that, actually. I'm sure I could do with it. I could do with a good read of that. (laughs) So now that you're living at home and everything, how are you feeling about, um, like, how's the pandemic going for you? That's where I'm going with this. How's your pandemic? Oh, yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think I've gone through different waves of <laughs> feelings, of experiences. Um, one thing that's interesting for me in in this time period, West Michigan has always been a historical route, 
my my dad grew up here and so this has been his home for a couple generations now and when we would go between moves we would live with my grandparents his parents here in west michigan and it's been an interesting kind of process for me to own it as a place that i identify with or can root in for my own as an adult um i think there's a there, it's sometimes a little magical in a way that thinking ah i can i can unpack my bags i can root here and really connect as an adult to this place mm -hmm. i mean i wonder as well what was it like for your parents when you did first sort of uh, come back to live in the U us full time and like were they how do they feel about your feelings towards that do you were they a bit surprised that you didn't quite feel at home Hmm. That is a fantastic question. I don't think I ever have had a, a direct conversation about that with them. Um, that'd be interesting to, to explore. I think uh, <laughs> where we're at now is that we, we always thought it was temporary and we didn't realize um, that in 2020 I would be here grounded permanently. Um, and so again, it's been that navigating um, personal space, what do you need? We've very the, much the practical of, of even increasing our Wi-Fi <laughs> bandwidth because we're all competing. And I am like, I have the job here. I need, I need the, <laughs> the computer bandwidth. But no, um, we're uh, actually my parents still work in their own capacities too. So so it's um it's it's good to be together i think also it's interesting for my mom to be here because she's a tck she was a military brat so <laughs> west michigan is not her home and i think it's been an interesting journey for her to develop friendships and to find her identity here Oh wow, that's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm also second generation TCK, um, yeah. and uh, it's. An, what's your so? Do you know whereabouts your your mum lived then? Yeah, so she's from well, from oh my goodness, I can't even believe she's going to be like, why did you say I'm from? Uh, you know, air quotes, air quotes from Massachusetts, so the uh, east side of the U.S. in New England. That's where her ancestors. <laughs> are from right before they came from Scotland and England. But um, she grew up in Hawaii, in Puerto Rico and California. So where their US bases, essentially. Wow. Okay. And then she went on to live all those other beautiful places that you guys have lived together. I mean, that's quite extraordinary. I mean, did she um, cause I'm not sure we're like, especially with my, with my father, I didn't really get any advice in terms of, you know, how to deal with being a TCK and like, that's obviously something you're specializing in now. But, um, I, I wonder, did your mother ever impart to you any sort of advice or, or as you were going from place to place based on her own experiences? Mm, mm. Yeah, I think there was definitely a very strong compassion element and this realistic, empathy of I I've been there I know and I also think that because of her transitions 
she made it a point that we had healthy goodbyes, that we really, really played up that closure piece, um, because I know that some of her moves in childhood were quite sudden and they were uprooted out of, you know, a school system or they were uprooted out of a community. And so I think she was also more gentle in the way she said, let's let's say goodbye to people and to place. Uh, we really honored that. Uh, it was still hard. I mean, you still have that grief. You still have that loss. And yet I think um, I'm very grateful for the way she encouraged me to repair relationships and to say goodbye. Mm, yeah, because that's an important part of it, isn't it? It's um, the more reading I do about being a TCK, the more I do, I read more about it being, yeah, it is a grieving process. But it's not just for your friendships, but it is for the place. It's for certain memories even, and that you just know you're never going to have again. Um, and um, I wonder, has that fed into your, like, your adult friendships or relationships? I mean, because I, I, for one, I've realised that I've become uh, someone who attaches Oh, I make friends quite easily and and sometimes quite intensely. And then now that I've been in the same country for so long, I then I don't know where to take the relationship because I'm a bit like, hang on, it's like the three years are up or like the two years are up. Or, and I find that I'm only just realising that now as an adult, uh, as um, a trait that I've now, I've just had. Um, but I wonder if you've had something I don't, similar um, than some, <laughs> can I speak today? No, I can't. Uh, if you had something similar to that at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I think I still, I'm like, am I making friends? How am I supposed to make friends? Like, is this, is this a friendship? Are you my friend? Do you want to be my friend? Like, I just <laughs> sometimes have that insecurity into adulthood. I'm like, how do I make a friend? Um, and it's <laughs> definitely more challenging during the pandemic because, again, I'm I am new here to West Michigan. Um, I didn't. Uh, again, it, it, it's a historical place for me in that we came here during summers, but I didn't go to a summer camp or I didn't really make friends in the community. So even so, people have lived here for years and I'm like, I probably saw you on the bike trails. Do you want to be my friend now? Like, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. So um, I hear what you're saying with this idea when we move, we have like this quick release of relationships and we do have these almost frayed attachments to people. And I think that uh, it's important to realize that that we have control over that. We can, we don't let that control us, that mm -hmm. we can invest in people. And that is something I think I continue continually want to be intentional about, um, not only through social media, because, yeah, I mean, there's definitely <laughs> uh, questions about authenticity of connections through that, but uh, I definitely think there's, there's a benefit to being connected on social media networks because you can witness people's lives, you can stay connected. And I don't know about you, um, but when I reconnect with someone from you know a different season of life, it's sometimes you can just pick up where you left off. And I love that. I yeah. love that there's that, this awkward like, how are you? Or it's just like, you have these shared memories that you can just pick up where you left off. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've definitely got that with a few people. And like one of them, um, one set is actually, um, they're the, um, it's a whole family. They're called uh, the Lungers. And I, I interviewed one of them, um, I think it was episode nine, Ola, and the rest of them are coming out um, slowly, slowly. And uh, it's so nice every time I speak to them because I've known them since I was... Um, how old even they'd be like four years old the whole family and um but every time it's so you find that it's that sort of familiarity with each other and and it can go years and some of them I really haven't spoken to in years but then as soon as I start chatting to them again it's like no time has passed at all and it's um it's a gift really it's it's so such a relief and I think as well you know with, with this sort of get up and go attitude or like trying to adapt real quickly to like whatever situation you're in that that we have um it's easy to like think you've got to keep keep making those connections new things new new challenges new jobs new friendships new um but actually it's it's kind of a relief yeah to have this sort of um that sort of a relationship so i definitely i definitely feel what you're saying there for sure um but uh, and also with what you're saying about michigan like I mean, I, I'm not from here at all, like where my parents live right now. It's, a, it's near Stonehenge in, in the UK. And, and um, I've, only, I've lived here for a year now, but like, because the pandemic hit like a month after I started living here, I hardly started making friends at the place I work. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. So I kind of feel again, like I did when I was a TCK. It's like, I feel like I'm slightly in a different country. Like I don't really have many friends here, but I do this somewhere else and we can't travel and so it's like intense family time again once again <laughs> which is always fun <laughs> yeah I hear you oh my gosh I definitely hear you on that and um I think I think also as a world we're feeling this um kind of strain on on relationships as well and and we're we're finding I, I could be wrong i have this hypothesis that there are going to be more tck's you know than there are not tck's in the world but um that we're developing or experiencing as a world the resilience that we've had to go through and the transition we've had to go through and so drawing upon those skill sets i think we can be even more compassionate to people who have not gone through it and uh you know there's so much loss ambiguous, but also, you know, we can name the losses. And so how can we uh, open that space to let people grieve and, and, you know, develop that resilience that we have as TCKs? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I mean, it's funny, I was talking to someone the other day about, yeah, like the pandemic and, and, and how I was feeling quite restless for the first time in a very long time. I was feeling, you know, like, okay, as soon as this is over, I'm going to go and I'm going to travel and I'm going to go here and there. And, and then um, they pointed out, but that's not unique right now. I think everyone, everyone's feeling this and it made me think, oh yeah, I suppose it's not, um, it's not quite, uh, yeah, it's not a unique feeling right now. But um, I, I wonder, have you got a plan in your head, like for once you can travel, what you'd like to do or whether you're, you know, a bit more rooted these days? <laughs> oh my gosh, I saw this meme just the other day. It said, my passport thinks I'm in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I was extremely, extremely bummed out last year. I had my plane ticket and everything to go to a conference in Bangkok. And I had been to the same conference the year before and I'd built in a couple of days to visit 
some areas in Thailand, and I'd never explored Southeast Asia before, so it was completely new. And I thought, you know, the conference is here next year. I am going to extend my vacation days so I can explore more of the countries. And so it's still on my bucket list of, of exploring that area of the world. And and so I'm a little bit itchy to to go back. Um, my my curiosity has been piqued, and so there's that. And then, of course, on my bucket list, South South America. I'd love to. I have friends in Brazil. Um, I have friends in Argentina, and so they they're always saying, "Come come visit." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> when I can." Yeah, yeah, I mean, right now it's difficult to visit like a friend in like another state or another county. Right now, it's it's difficult yes. to even do that. What um, about you? Oh, well, there's, there's lots of traveling I haven't done, but, um, yeah, I'd like to, I've def, I've said this before on the podcast. I want to go visit my friend Maz in Vietnam. She's having the best time there and there's no COVID. Everyone's like having a great time. So that's also a, a selling point, but, um, I don't think they're going to let me in right now because the UK is actually, I think we are, we're top in the, in the, I think in Europe for, um, highest infection rates or something so yeah go 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 britain woo um, <laughs> oh, um but uh, we'll see about that and then also i suppose i've always had this idea of like going to all the places that i have lived before like it'd be so so great to do that trip like down memory lane and um expensive trip obviously but i in my mind like i've romanticized this idea of like being able to take maybe my kids there someday because it's not like it's not like we can just go to one town and be like, oh, that's our school. That's where we went to school. And that's the house we lived in. It's like it would be a full round trip. I mean, I don't know. Have you ever have you been back to some of the places you've lived yet? Oh, my gosh, Sophia, it's uh, yes. And I would just say be prepared for all the feels if you go on that journey, because it just in the places that I've revisited, there's oh, I just get so sad sometimes. Um, it, it, it was just like the paradox of like this was such a beautiful memory, and then you know the the loss of it's not anymore, um, you know, or the place is not anymore, or the people are not there anymore, and so it's just this both and of like you're it's ripping your heart out, and yet you're like crying tears of happiness and so <laughs> it's a journey i would say prepare yourself for it <laughs> have someone to debrief those feelings with <laughs> um you know and also i'm i'm quite sad i graduated high school in tel aviv israel and that school is is no longer there they moved the campus to a different city and i'm always wondering if i have an opportunity to go back oh, how will I feel? You know, it's not in that neighborhood anymore. That mm -hmm. it's just gone. And I've heard other TCK say even the house they grew up in is gone. And how can you point to a place? How, you know, it's, how can you um, have a, a, have a, you know, a history you can point to? So I think it's, it's very complex for us TCKs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I well, we, we once went back to Estonia just one time and I was like 12, I think, or 13 when we went back. But then the house we lived in, 
no one had lifted it since we'd been there. And so like all the, like some of the slats were coming down off the roof and like all the wood was chipped. Like there was no varnish on anything anymore. It was just so surreal. It was like, it was really kind of haunting in a way. Um, everything else was more or less the same. I mean, well, Tallinn's like changed so much since we last lived there, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was really, it was an odd feeling. And I think, I, yeah, you're right. I'd probably feel the same way if I went back again or um, if I went to any of the other places. I mean, w- which countries did you go back to when you revisited homes? Yeah, um, in Europe, I've, I visited um, because as an adult, I've, I worked in Europe. And so I did some traveling back to where I had lived before. And whoo. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, one thing I did want to ask you about, though, was tell me about Soul. Because I watched an episode recently of Somebody Feed Phil. I don't know if you've watched it. No. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about this. So, okay. Somebody Feed Phil. It's the guy who wrote and produced Everybody Loves Raymond. But you don't need to be a fan of that show to like this. And he, oh, his name's Phil. And he just goes around the world and he eats different cuisines. And it's it's really heartwarming. And if we cut, I'm really attached to it right now because we can't travel or go anywhere. <laughs> so, it's really nice. But um, he goes to Seoul. And, oh, my God. Like, the food alone. I was like... Yes, please. I would love to go there. But in your experience, just tell me about it. Like, what's the thing to do there? What's the food like? What are the people like? I'm going to stop talking now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I want to. I, I want to watch this show now. Um, and like you, I, I'm I'm very drawn to travel shows right now. <laughs> and also, just you know, very shallow of me. I watch the 90 Day Fiance sometimes oh, yeah. too, <laughs> to see just to be in another country for a second. Um, but okay, so Seoul. I was a child. I was a child there when I lived um, in Seoul, and so my memory is. Um, um, are not perhaps, you know, what you're looking for in terms of like, what's there to do for a young adult. Um, my two cousins are teaching English there, so I could connect you to them. Um, but the food, you're spot on. I mean, I love Korean food. I crave it. I have kimchi in my fridge right now. And my mom makes the best bagolgi meat dish. Oh, we have a rice cooker. You know, we we prefer sticky rice. <laughs> and so, yes, that is something definitely in my daily um, life. I still have very much connected to me. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. Oh, it's interesting as well, isn't it? What sticks with you when you go to these different countries, isn't it? What, what are the sort of rituals or even like little bits of the language that you just use in your own sort of, it's like a unique vocabulary just for your family that you know about, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And also like um, in terms of the food, all the different cookbooks we've got as well now from all over the place. And some of them we use more than others. But um, um, yeah, because yeah, I'd love to go to Seoul. I literally watched that episode and I was like, yes, that has to happen. That and actually New Orleans. Actually more, I just need to see more of the US at some point. That's my plan. I want to go all over the US. Maybe Michigan. Who knows? Yeah, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and that is something I want to do too. I've never been like northwest-ish or, well, I've been to Washington and 
in Oregon, but, or I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I've never, yeah, been to Yosemite National Park. So definitely, yeah, this own <laughs> country so broad. And, and also when you talked about where you're from, sometimes when uh, I say the U.S., it's, where in the U.S.? Like people have such assumptions that oh, you're are you from L.A.? Are you from New York? And it's like, no, the Midwest, <laughs> small town. <laughs> Not that I'm from here, but uh, this is where I'm local right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so is there a particular out of all the places you've lived and and um, yeah, just is there a particular uh, culture that you identify the most with? It's an interesting question because I um, I would say I've even like prided myself on the fact I'm so multicultural or, you know, I've had all these diverse experiences and yet I have a community here, they're from um, Venezuela and I, you know, was like, I fit in, I belong here, I love it. Um, and they're like, you're so American, Megan. I was like, what? <laughs> what? And it was just like this shock to me. I'm like, no way. I adapt to whatever I am, environment I'm at. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, this is how you're expressing yourself as an American. I'm like, oh, I never really thought about that. So I, I definitely, that was a, a really big light bulb moment. Like, you know, being here in West Michigan, cause I'm like, I am so global. And they're like, you're so American. And so uh, I think it really depends on who I'm with. And, you know, I think that's also why it's so important for TCKs and us to have these conversations because we can just, oh, it's not bragging. It's not um, overemphasizing a certain memory. We're just like, this is our life story. And so it's mm -hmm. kind of this deep breath of, you get it. Um, and so I really appreciate us talking about this. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, because that, that's exactly it, isn't it? Because it can come off to people who might not understand in, um, and in a certain type of way when actually it's just a fact. It's a fact of your life and there's nothing you can do about it. And um, and the last thing you need to do, which is what I used to do, was just not talk about it, not talk about it at all. And um, uh, because I was just like, no, OK, I'm British. I'm here, but always feeling slightly on the on the edge, you know, not on the edge. That's the wrong word. That sounds a bit morbid, doesn't it? No, I felt slightly um, like on the outside outside looking in still I still felt a bit like that despite like you know I think I've got the privilege of you know I'm white I'm I sound very British so I've got the privilege of no one really asking me or like um not being questioned so much but it would just be like oh so you know um uh, what school did you go to and I'm like which one <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know um and like where are your parents from and I can't say it's like you know London or whatever it's it's elsewhere so it's uh but yeah I suppose it's just um it's just people having to yeah get their head around it and us having to adapt to that but yes these conversations are so like oh you're so right it's a breath of fresh air and it makes me feel really yeah solidified in you know in being a TCK Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I always say, like, especially I, I work with like university students, young adult TCKs, and I, I always say, you know, the complexity of our stories takes time. And so give yourself that time and be patient when 
you don't have someone yet or someone who doesn't give you that time to to share. Um, but I do see the value so much in TCKs connecting because it's just direct. It's like, uh, we don't have to <laughs> explain, explain, explain. Um, so yeah, again, thank you for creating this platform. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, I think your your work sounds so interesting. And it sounds like something that I would have really appreciated as a young as a young person, um, someone like yourself taking the time to sort of oversee that transition in life. I think that's brilliant. And um, I mean, uh, so what kind of what's next for you in terms of like developing that network? And um, yeah, in terms of that sort of pathway? Yeah, it's a good question because, again, 2020, we saw such a shift in how work is delivered. Uh, you know, so many of my contracts, <laughs> oh, my contracts were ended because of the in-person events being canceled and not having the equipment or resources to put them online. So I I do think it's a unique space to be in right now. I'm still navigating what that looks like. But again, I truly believe as the as the world is more interconnected, as we're increasingly global, that TCKs are the prototype citizen of what uh, we're going to see. And I'm definitely committed to uh, expanding, yeah, the programming, expanding uh, to be more inclusive of not just TCKs, but we're seeing uh, international students, we're seeing migrants, we're seeing cross-cultural kids um, in education settings trying to navigate different expectations at home versus in the education system. And so how do you adapt the language um, to reach an audience who um, is dealing with these same challenges and opportunities, um, but not necessarily identifying as a TCK. Mm. I think that's very important work that you're doing, and I'm so happy that someone is is taking that uh, that baton and um, and running with it. I think that's so fantastic, and. Um, well, I actually, I think that's a really nice way to, to round off today. So is there anything you'd like to plug or promote today? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wanted something super, like, creative or funny. I can't. Uh, I'm going to plug South America. Like, let's let's <laughs> go there someday. Um, but also, I'd love, you know, Sophia, we met on Instagram, and I, I do want to plug the TCKs of Instagram to keep sharing your story, keep connecting with each other. Um, I'm on Instagram at adult third culture kid. And I, I just love, love hearing people's stories. And I'm so happy we found each other floating around in that space. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy too. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, we need to stay connected. This, this is such a lovely conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have to tell you, I, um, I was not as brave. I see your pink hair and I was not as brave to dye my whole hair pink, but there was a season that I had an under um, whole section pink and pink is my favorite color. So I love your hair. <gasps> oh, cute. oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> It's always nice when someone takes the time to compliment your questionable hair choices. I mean, I've now moved from pink to purple. I don't know what's better or worse. I mean, I don't know. Was it just another fun thing to do? Maybe. 
Was it another meltdown whilst contemplating the dimly lit future of the arts in the UK? Being a 27-year-old woman, living with her parents, and then panicking about the general state of humanity? In the words of Doris Day, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Be sure to check out Megan's podcast, by the way. Uh, it's called A Culture Story, and you can find links for it through her Instagram page, which I've popped in the show notes for you. Don't say I don't do anything for you. And uh, please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to us on. And if you want to keep up to date with all things floaters, give us a follow on Instagram at floaters underscore podcast. And there's nothing left for me to say today, listeners, other than thanks again to Megan for chatting with me. Thank you to Adora for your help with graphics. Thanks to Aral for sound help. Please check out his website. Those are also in the show notes. And thank you to you, dear listener. I really hope you're doing well. Until next time. Bye-bye.